in the name of the earth. Greeting, earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Hi, what's up everybody? Jack Maloney back again. Friendly Bounce WNBA podcast. Episode 3 here uh, with, with my guy Zachary Bennett as always. Uh, Zach, how's it going? Not bad. It's uh, sort of a chilly Monday, Monday morning here in Minneapolis, but it's, it's good. It's going to be a good day today. Good. That's, that's always good to hear. Um, so yeah, yesterday had five games, uh, a super Sunday as, as we've been calling them over at Friendly Bounce. Um, so we're just going to talk, talk about a few of them, um, sort of set the playoff, playoff picture and then, then that'll be it for the, the show. Could probably run a little, a little shorter than usual, but that'll be all right. So, um, the first, the first game of the day. An afternoon affair, uh, Indiana Fever versus uh, Tulsa Shock. Both teams had a chance to clinch a playoff berth with with a win, and the Shock uh, ended up taking care of business. Um, not really. Are we? Yeah, go Sorry. ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say we're we're at the point of the season where we need to start thinking about before we look at box scores and things like that whether or not teams played their starters, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and this was one of those games, a competitive one? Yeah, so it, it was one of those games where it was a close, a close game. It went down to the wire, but not necessarily a good game, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. A lot of missed shots, a ton of offensive fouls, which was weird. Like they were, they were calling people for offensive fouls left and right. Uh, a lot of turnovers. Um, Indiana was missing Brienne January, and then Tulsa lost Raquana Williams in like the first five minutes. So it was like an interesting game. Um, neither one at full strength, but uh, Odyssey Sims uh, was was pretty good for the for the Shock. She dropped thirty points. Uh, had a bunch yeah, of turnovers, but I mean thirty points. So. You, You'll, you'll take that. Uh, Tamika Catchings dropped 22 and 13. Um, obviously, she's she's been fantastic, even at and, at 36. Um, so the shock. The sh- Wood, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So Rakina Williams is Odyssey Sims' running mate in the backcourt for the shock, right? Yeah. Have that correct? Yeah, she was their sixth woman. Uh, then moved into the starting lineup with with Skylar Diggins' injury. Cool. Um, so the shock went up big in the first quarter. Uh, then Odyssey Sims got into foul trouble. The Fever made a comeback. Uh, second half was pretty close, basically the whole game. Um, the shock sort of pulled away, held on for a six point win. Um, so the shock, is there, they lost ten in a row. Their season fell off the rails. After Diggins' yeah, injury, uh, but yeah, since they then, they won. They've won five in a row now. They beat the Liberty in that stretch. They beat the Mercury. Now they beat the Fever. Uh, they're back above 500 at 15 and 14. It's their most wins since 2009. Uh, first playoff appearance in 2009. Most wins since they've been in Tulsa. So it's 
you know, you lose Diggins and you're probably not going to win the title. But, I mean, overall, it's been a fairly successful season down in uh, Tulsa. What was, the, what was the final score of the game? Uh, 76-70, I believe. That's, uh, and did you hear anything on Rakina Williams' injury, like she didn't come back? or? Yeah, she, she, she never returned. She went out in the first quarter. I think she played five or six minutes, um, got hurt, and then that was, that was the last we saw of her. I've not heard anything as a follow-up huh. about her. Um, yeah, that would, de- that would definitely, uh, Hurt their chances. I mean, they're they're not gonna win the the title anyway. Um, well, but they but they're they're gonna cause problems. That's that's not a team anyone wants to play. They're still even without Diggins, they're still very solid. Uh, but losing Williams for an extended period, if that's the case, obviously we don't know. But that would that would definitely be a big blow for them. Yeah, I think they're gonna get the third. I think they've all but wrapped up the third seed in the West and. It sounds as though, you know, on this podcast, we've mentioned the Sparks, who I know you are very high on the Los Angeles Sparks. Uh, I'm pretty high on them, too, especially Candace Parker. Uh, you know, it seems like they're the more dreaded matchup for yeah. either Phoenix or, or Minnesota. But Tulsa, yeah, you're right. They, uh, they're trying to gather a few wins here after um, between – Wednesday, July 15th, and August 12th, they didn't win a game. They went like 0-9 yeah. or 0-10 or 0-10. Like and I, they, uh, after losing to the Lynx in the opener, they, uh, no, I think they won. They did beat the Lynx in the opener. So it's good to see them coming together, I suppose. What, yeah. uh, yeah, what and they, what? No, just one thing about the shock, they, like that, those ten losses, I, I believe seven of them were by seven or less points. So it's, it's a little misleading in that like they lost ten games, and part of that is they couldn't couldn't finish a game out, which I mean that is a problem. But it's not like they were out there just getting destroyed all the time. You know, a few a few breaks here and there. Like they lost one on a buzzer beater to to Phoenix, and like. You know your season looks a lot differently if you. Uh, so they just they lost a bunch of close games. Yeah. And and just for clarity, they lost the season opener to the Lynx, but then won eight in a row. Yeah, they were then, they were cruising, and like then they're Diggins tore ACL, and they announced they were moving the moving the team to Dallas in like the span of two weeks, which is just a uh, that's a tough blow. Well, yeah, it seems like they're going out with, well, at least they're best, they saved the best for last, right? Yeah. Maybe it's time to move on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like a catch-20, like, they're moving the team because they don't have, like, the support. Basically, there's not enough people going to the games. Um, but that's because they've been terrible, and they, this year they were... (laughs) They were leading the league in attendance until Diggins tore ACL, and then right after that, they announced the team's moving. Um, which yeah, we, we we haven't talked about the shock too much on this show, but that's I mean that's brutal. Sort of parallels with the uh, 
kind of parallels with the NBA team you're very familiar with in the uh, Bucks. Only they got a new stadium and will stick around. But yeah. They didn't get much support until late. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's tough. I mean, you never want to see a team leave, but they have not. The team, the time in. I mean, when they were in Detroit, they were super successful, and then their time in Tulsa has been decidedly less so. Um, but yeah, that's official. They're they're gone. Um, so yeah, moving on. Other games. Uh, the Sparks beat the Stars. Pretty close, but the Stars are still winless on the road. They're that's that's been a disaster. Uh, the Connecticut Sun upset the Sky. Uh, but the Sky were without Cappy Pondexter, without Elena Deladon. So, I mean, those are two best players. That's that's gonna be tough. Um, and then the Storm, uh, out west at home, uh, took care of the Mystics. Uh, that was the Mystics' only second loss to a Western Conference team all year, which is pretty impressive. Um, and then the Storm keep keep their playoff hopes alive with the win. They're still two and a half back of the Sparks uh, with five to play. And, you know, it's a long shot, obviously. The Sparks are still the favorite to get that final spot. But but for now, the Storm are still alive um, out west. And so... Yeah, they, the Storm have to finish the season with two straight games against the Lynx. So. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a tough road. <laughs> Speaking of the Lynx... <laughs> hey oh, hey oh. <laughs> Another good segue, two two shows in a row. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, yeah, so you were at the game today, correct? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it, but we're fancy now and have some some post game audio that we're gonna play first. It's true. So, yeah, Zach was up. Zach was at the Lynx Mercury game. Um, this is Coach Cheryl Reeve talking uh, after the game. Ashley cut me off at two minutes, just under two minutes, and you guys wrote about that. <laughs> I had to storm out at two minutes. My PR person said it was over. <laughs> you guys had to write about it. So, what's up? Can you use an update on You know, I don't know an update. Um, it's concerning, you know. Uh, it was already concerning going into the game. You know, she's, she, she's been booted for a little while. Um, you know, she was trying to get it out for us. And, and probably uh, is going to be out for a little bit. Achilles thing or uh, you know, she's had two things going. She's had uh, Achilles and then she's had some bursitis in the heel, which is extremely painful. So you have about five days, I think, before you play again. We do. Is there yeah. a chance you play when you guys return? I think she's got to be shut down for a little bit. Yeah, we got a three game lead with four to play. I'm not sure we're going to really push that. So. Are you hopeful for her for the playoffs? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. And I'm saying that absolutely just because. I don't have any other information. I haven't heard that it would be uh, that length of time, but honestly, I guess until we get uh, you know to the great docks and they do all all their fancy machines and look at everything, I don't really know what we're dealing with. Um, you say she's been kind of fighting. She has there for a while. She has. Yeah, um, I just play and you know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was. That was not Coach Cheryl Reeves. That was run the drills at the end there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was, and I can take credit for 
gathering and uh, providing the, the somewhat from at least where I I am listening from sounded sort of sketchy. I hope it was clear for for the listeners, and I'm sure it was, but just due to the current setup. But yeah, anyway, that was Coach Reeve. I thought it was an interesting clip to play because it not only uh, touched on the Lindsey Whalen injury, which ended up headlining the, the game story, I guess, but it was a you know the intro. She comes in. And she she's not afraid to call out uh, anybody for anything that is written about her team, <laughs> and uh, it's it gets pretty comical at times. You know, you're not uh, dealing with anybody with a filter. But like uh, like Reeve said, somewhere uh, sometime during the second quarter, Waylon, I I noticed her uh, being tended to by the trainer. She had ice around her uh, right ankle, and then she soon after. Uh, limps on her own power uh, to the locker room, but um, the links at the half were down 5, 39, 34, and Brittany Griner was a beast all game. Um, on the defensive end especially, she had uh, five blocks by halftime, but during the second half, the links sort of, you know, they hovered. Maya Moore had 18 points during the first quarter. She she was 6 of 19 from the field, which I thought looked like a Kobe-esque uh, stat line, uh, which is you know, funny. The running mate, um, Sylvia Fowles, who has been a, a big asset to the Lynx, especially as of late, grew up uh, watching Shaq, and as they are both LSU, uh, former LSU students. But the Lynx ultimately came back and defeated the uh, Phoenix Mercury thanks to Renee Montgomery, who scored uh, 12 points on 6-12 shooting in the second half. So it was, it was an entertaining game. The crowd was great. Um, the Wayland thing is concerning, but like Reeves said, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to play it cautious. Hopefully she'll be back around playoff time. Uh, same with Simone Augustus, but it was... Uh, you know, after the links over the last, they, they entered tonight, winners of one of their last five. They lost four in the last five games. Um, and so to see an injury to Waylon, who is obviously a local legend, uh, former University of Minnesota point guard, and to have that sort of be a catalyst to the offense, it's, you know, it's an intriguing storyline to watch for, especially with uh, her status uncertain as of yet. Were you able to catch any of the game? Do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, so I missed, I missed the first half, um, I was out walking around with the family, um, but I was there for the second half, yeah, Griner, there's a stretch where she had, like, probably three or four blocks right in, the, right in a row, I think she finished with nine on the game, um, which is a, a high for the season, both for her and the league. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, Renee Montgomery, like you said, caught fire, my more 28 points, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals in 40 minutes. And that's, you know, that's what they're going to need from her, especially with, with Augustus and Waylon now, you know, I know it. Yeah. I, I said 22 for. Uh, Renee Montgomery, I'm at 15, but she was 6-12 from the field. I think her biggest, the biggest stretch of the game is um, at the end of the the third quarter, the Lynx had cut the deficit to just two, or to, uh, yeah, just two points. 
And then they started the fourth quarter with a 10 to two rally. And I know Montgomery hit a three and then a long two. Um, you know, at that point they had started running high screen rolls for just to relieve Maya of the uh, scoring duties. What's funny is that Coach Reeve has this huge you know, reputation. Maybe it's not the greatest one, but as people heard, she's pretty frank and you know intense, and she was thrown out of a game against Phoenix the other night. She, you can always tell when she seems to be stewing up the urge to get a technical, but what does it say about Maya Moore in that Maya Moore doesn't let Reeve take her out of the game? Two <laughs> games in a row, she's, she's played every minute of the game, and it's you know, I'm, I got home, I pulled into my driveway, and I thought to myself, well, crap, you know, that would have been a good question. Is there anybody else in her coaching career that she's never been able to physically remove, remove from the game? <laughs> yeah, that's... She's, def- she's definitely going to be a subject of our MVP podcast, which will probably happen this week, we think. Yeah, and um. Yeah, like you said, 9 of 28 shooting is, I mean, that's not great, obviously, but it's not, I mean, I hate to make the comparison, I hate to make the comparison again, but it's like LeBron in the finals when they're like, yeah, okay, forget about your efficiency, we don't care, we we need you to go make plays, and that's going to mean missing some shots, it's going to mean making some, missing and taking some tough shots, but we'll live with that because we need it from you, you know, we're, we're shorthanded and this is what we need, forget about your, your shooting percentage, it's go make plays, and she did that, um, I mean, yeah, four, I like four steals, she had a big block, like she was everywhere, and that's... Yeah, she, she needed, to, she needed to be, um, she usually gets help, you know, I can, that Kobe comparison keeps growing on me a little more and more, because she, although she doesn't, play with the ball in her hand as often. She comes around screens and has a lot of catch and shoots and opportunities near the basket. But, um, you know, I, I draw the line between Sylvia Fowles and Shaq all the time just because they both went to LSU and they're huge opposing dominant centers, but not so much tonight as far as Fowles goes because on the other side, you look over there and it's Brittany Griner who the yeah. other night had a huge dunk in traffic. And as, uh, as you said, she had nine blocks. During the third quarter, she had nine blocks. We were surprised that she didn't break her. Yeah, she could have broke the the league record, which she set last year with 11. <laughs> at, at this point, she's like in another terrible, this is a remarkably terrible comparison, but like Michael Phelps, and that the only person who can really break her record is herself. Yeah. No, <laughs> as far as... Come uh, for the WNBA as, podcast, stay for the Michael Phelps name drops. <laughs> They keep coming back um, <laughs> by the hundreds. Maybe even thousands. We're not sure. Yeah. Um, Apparently, the, uh, we're we're just going to break for a second. Allegedly, twelve thousand uh, of you listened to our last podcast. Apparently, so shout out to you guys. <laughs> yeah, we graciously uh, thank the <laughs> abnormal and unexpected amounts of support. Back to uh, serious podcast business. Um, <laughs> With the win, the Lynx moved three games ahead of Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, reset it on the audio. There's four games left to play. Uh, although I, I'm sure they're, uh, they're they're going to miss her against the New York Liberty if she's unable to play. Um, but you 
know, they can sort of take it easy. Um, unless seeding comes into play, I can't imagine it would, but I imagine they're going to prioritize health uh, before the playoffs come. But there are three games up on Phoenix for the first spot in the Western Conference. Uh, Tulsa is actually only a game and a half back of Phoenix for that second spot yeah. and the way they're playing, depending on Rokina Williams. So maybe it's plausible that they uh, yeah. surpass surpass Phoenix. But um, Los Angeles, as you said, is uh, is a threat regardless of what they what their record is when it's all said and done, just because of one player on the court who may still be one of the top three players in the league in Candace Parker. Right, and that, you know, like you, like you said, the the Lynx have that pretty much locked up first place. Um, the matchups in the West are pretty much set. Um, and that Minnesota, pretty much locking up the first seed, is going to play Los Angeles, barring a a collapse by either one of those two, and then Phoenix versus Tulsa in the two versus three. Um, yeah, but the cut. The one, the one thing I would look out for is the length and the liberty um, in the race for the for the best record. Um, yeah. The Liberty have the Liberty are up two games, um, and this is yet another solid segue on the program into the Eastern Conference standing. Um, yeah, sorry, I <laughs> I wanted to say one thing. I ruined it, um, but that. Like you said, the the shock only being one and a half back of the Mercury for that that second seed, you know, it doesn't really seem like that big of a deal. But home court advantage, the obviously the two would get the home court, and Phoenix is eleven and four at home, Tulsa's ten and five at home, and both of those teams are way under five hundred on the road. So that's a pretty big deal as to who who gets that that home court, especially in the first round where you're playing a three-game series, you get two home games and one on the road um, if you get that second seed. So that, a few weeks ago, looked like a no-brainer that Phoenix was going to get that. But now, all of a sudden, Tulsa, if they keep this up, you know, that's, like we said, they're probably not going to win it, but they're going to cause problems. And if, if now they have home court advantage, that Phoenix doesn't want to go into Tulsa and have to play two games. Yeah, I, I suppose I suppose not. I still think that um, you know Phoenix tonight. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because this is their third game in four nights. Some weird scheduling thing happened. I don't know. So this could have <laughs> been an off night for them. I have said in the past that Diana Taurasi's absence really oh, yeah. um, hurts them more than we talk about. Right. Just because of how good she is, but I, you know, it doesn't sound like just from hearing and seeing tweets mostly around the about the league. It doesn't sound like people are really concerned about them falling into that third spot. But it no, is. Yeah. You know, they are. They are closer to doing that than I thought they were until just now when I looked. Yeah. Um, okay. So sorry, I ruined your segue. The Eastern no, Conference. Okay. It was a four. It felt it felt a little forced. <laughs> we forced it a little. But you know, chemistry. Well, uh, you know, I'm in a garage in Podunk, rural Minneapolis, and you're in, in Milwaukee. A, yeah. It's a little tough to de- tough to develop sometimes, especially <laughs> with our our setup. You know, um, we are not professional and in some studio. 
yeah. if there was any clarification needed there. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm calling Zach through my computer and recording it off my computer, so this is a very professional podcast setup. <laughs> so you can tell by the you can tell by the content. <laughs> so Eastern Conference, New York, uh, like Minnesota, three games up uh, for first place and in home court advantage. Um, Chicago has already clinched um, a playoff spot. They lost today, but they were sitting. Cavi Pondex yeah, were sitting away. They're resting, they're resting starters. Yeah. Can't believe that. Um, yeah, and it's, I think with the lack of, you know, you don't get, as much information in terms of, of injuries and stuff um, just because you don't have the same level of coverage as, as other leagues. Um, Absolutely. And so you don't know how much of that is is just rest and how much is they're actually hurt. But, I mean, you have to imagine if it was a playoff game, both of those two would be playing. Um, so it's, it's definitely partly rest. Uh, so then a half game back in third is Indiana. And then a game back of of Chicago is Washington. Those four are going to make the playoffs. Technically, Connecticut's not out, but they're four back with four to play, so that's it's not happening. Um, that 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 Eastern Conference playoffs. Obviously, no one wants to play New York, but those are going to be a bloodbath. You got three of the top five offenses, um, and this is in terms of offensive rating, so points per one hundred possessions. Chicago's in first, Indy's in third, Washington's in five, and then you got three of the top five defenses, so points allowed per 100 possessions. You got New York in first, Washington in third, and Indy in five. I mean, that's New York is probably the favorite, but that those playoffs are going to be that's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, I think to both your points, as uh, you know, if you remember that. Reeve audio we played. She was very, uh, very distinguished in the way she said, you know, there might be more information, but I'm telling you that this is what I know. It's like, well, you're the yeah. head coach. You're probably <laughs> going to find out. You're, you're probably going to find out more information the second you leave here. Yeah. <laughs> so they do. They do play their card close to the chest. That it. We brought it up on the last program, and it is an interesting element to covering the WNBA. And then again, to your point about the. Eastern Conference Finals uh, being a bloodbath. We, in the past, mention all the time, actually, that we hate comparisons, but the East is like the West of the NBA. Every team is yeah. good. I think, uh, you know, if, if Washington makes it out of the East, can't you make the argument that they're finals favorites regarding or disregardless of whoever their opponent is because of their, you know, they've only lost one game to a Western Conference team. Oh, yeah, they And that Washington team is tough. You, and they're, the, they're the worst seed in the East. Right. They have they have the fifth best offense in the league, and the third best defense, and they're fourth in the East. I mean, they can play. Is you know, Kara Lawson being healthy is a big factor. But you've got Ivory Latta getting buckets either off the bench or or starting, depending on Lawson. She, you got Stephanie she, Dolson and Emma Miesemann going to work in the paint, and then you have. Um, Tierra Ruffin Pratt, who's a great defender, like that's a that's a real solid team. I think, uh, yeah, um, Ivory Latta is such a little water bug. 
if her her crappy NBA comparison, not that either of them are crappy players, but just the crappy comparison would be uh, Isaiah Thomas of the Celtics. Yeah, I think that's you fair. Know, that's fair, you know. You like you're you you grew up a Celtics fan. You can can help me out a little bit. No, here. yeah, that's that is a fair comparison. She she um, put a. She put Car- Clarissa Dos Santos on the ground the other day with a nasty crossover. <laughs> she, oh, really? She she uh, she broke some ankles? Yeah, and then the <laughs> the Washington announcer is just like, she cro- Lada crosses Dos Santos over, and the Washington announcer just goes, Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> as, as heard on uh, WNBA Live Access, corporate plug. Yeah, actually on NBA TV. Oh wow! Some some national televised club, <laughs> cable television club. Yeah. Pub. Yeah. Uh, so um, okay, here's this. Have we solidified our sleepers in each conference? I think it's obvious that in the West, although the Sharks seem to be making a uh, a push, I think the sleeper is the Sparks. Yes. And then out east, we is there enough to to label the Mystics the sleeper? Is it? I don't know enough about the Fever. Or See, yeah. the East in general to to make that call. I'm going to concede to you. Yeah, it's I don't know. The East too, too is weird in that you have the Liberty are uh, like. Can you say all three of them? All three of the other teams are the sleeper. Like I don't know. You like you wouldn't call Chicago a sleeper because they have Elena. Like that's yeah, not a sleeper. Yep. Um, but exactly. I guess I guess it would be Indiana or Washington. There. So we'll, that'll be a that'll be that is yet to be determined out East. Although. We should probably think more about the Tulsa Los Angeles ones before I just go spouting stuff like that out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh, I mean that to be discussed another time. Yeah, we can we can just we can delve into that further. Um, well, cool. I think that's. Uh, I don't really have much to add. It was a, no. a fun links game. It'll be interesting to see uh, what the status with Wayland is and how they uh, think put it all together, but tonight it was cool to see uh, the spacing with Montgomery and Cruz, two uh, three-point shooters, quick off the dribble, though a little undersized defensively, creating. Do you have any takeaways no, from the program I, today? I thought that was a, a, a fun uh, fun end of the game in Minnesota. Um, glad, to, glad for the shock in that fan base in the city that, that they get to go to the playoffs. Um, at least one more time, and you know it's a tough, a tough season that sort of back on the upswing, which is cool to see. Uh, hopefully, Raquana Williams is is not seriously hurt, but uh, no other than that, I I think we'll call it a show. Once what do you again, think the distance between Tulsa and Dallas Fort Worth area is. Do you have any idea? Uh, probably like more than you'd think, because Texas is massive. I don't know. A few hundred miles. I really don't. I was just, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's worth it someday in the future if they get to the finals. You know, the loyal, the the true loyalists will drive down and remain loyal (laughs) with with occasional appearances at playoff games and things as such. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna call that a, a show. Once again, I'm Jack Maloney. That was Zachary Bennett here with Friendly Bounce, Hardwood Praxis, and Basketball Network. This is our WNBA podcast, episode three in the books. Here's our guy, DJ Los Latino, playing us out. See you guys later.
Beijing, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio.